Hello, I'm Allison Andrews, and this is Content Hacks, our podcast to help you write, create, and master great content. And I'm Rachel Clep Miller. Today, we're going to be talking about building credibility with any audience. I think uh, credibility is one of the underlying components that really makes your content fruitful when it comes to a business, and it's often overlooked. I agree. I think credibility is an elevator, if you will. It can elevate good content to great content because good credibility um, carries a different weight with it. Yeah, I think, you know, if you think about it, I have think about some conferences that I've been to where you sign up for these sessions and you're sitting there and somebody's like talking through social or something and they're up there running through these slides and you're like, who is this guy? Like, how does he know this stuff? Right? So what do you do? You immediately look them up on social, you're researching them, you're Googling them. And if you're going to buy into whatever that person is saying, you want to know that they've kind of been there and done that. I think I work in a sales consulting firm and we always say, you know, has she carried the bag? Has he carried the bag? Like, do they have the credibility to offer this advice? And, the, and it's really important to have some legitimacy with what you're saying. I agree. I think that we live in a, you know, 24 seven digital kind of availability and anyone can really say anything. So you have to, use that in some cases really as a differentiator on why they should listen to you say it rather than someone else. Yeah, exactly. So I think that, and you know, Allison, we always talk about our news background and we would always look at people and say, okay, we need us, we need some, some insight or perspective on this political story or on this situation. Let's get an expert who can say X, Y, Z or offer an opinion and we would, you know, you're always looking for it. Well, is that person credible? Like how can we call them an expert? What do you think are some things that we would look for to, for somebody to have credibility to what they were saying? Okay. I'm going to start with an intangible and list confidence as one of the things that gives you credibility. If you present yourself in a way that is knowledgeable and confident, um, I think that is the beginning. It'll at least get attention, right? Now, you're going to have to back it up with some substance, but I think that is a good place to start. I completely agree. It comes back to, remember all the public speaking classes or just the one public speaking class we all took in college, 101, that you have to present some sort of confidence for people to believe what you're saying. And if you can't nail that, it's really hard to seem credible, no matter what the resume says. Right. If you can't verbalize it, if you have a lot of ums and you're stuttering around, I mean, you know, when you've heard people like that talk, you're like, what's their deal? You know what I mean? So (laughs) yeah, too uh, rehearsed a lot of times sometimes can be detrimental. Right. So I would start there and then I would say clarity. It is important. I think that you get to the point, if you've heard somebody talk and they are all over the place, you are like, what are they talking about? It just feels like they're not credible. It feels like they're not an expert. So I think clarity goes along with confidence in terms of presenting. You've got to get to the point. That's a great little algorithm. Confidence plus clarity equals credibility. We should. Oh, we should do something with that. Yeah, we should brand that right. Yeah, here first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think the other thing, especially now, and I talk about this in, in my classes that I teach, I talk about it with the salespeople that I work with, social presence. This day and age, as we always say, you have got to manage that social presence. I always talk about this analogy. You know, if you think we spend so much time, if we are going into a professional setting, we're going into a job interview, we are paying attention to what we are wearing, right? It's it's a suit. Yep. It's we are buttoned up, and we at the same time we completely ignore a lot of people completely ignore that same presence digitally. You know, I exactly. Think I go into my class and I say, if I walked in here in an evening gown in Tierra as a as an instructor of this communication class, you all would look at me like I was nuts and I would not have credibility, right? <laughs> and I think that's what's happening for a lot of people online. We'll the most buttoned up people in an office have a thumbnail as their LinkedIn picture. And yeah. I think that is an incredible mistake because when people see your name or you're up in front of them talking or you call them to request a meeting and you give them your name, one of the first things they're going to do is look you up on LinkedIn. If somebody, 100%. Right. If somebody leaves me a voicemail or an email and they're reaching out to me, I'm like, who is this person? I'm going to check on LinkedIn. And I'm like, oh, they're connected to so-and-so. I, I see why they reached out to me. Or if there's nothing there, I'm like, I don't know, stalker. I'm not connecting with that person. <laughs> I mean, I have thought... And this is, you know, 100% judgmental, but first impressions do count. Mm -hmm. And I have seen those thumbnail photos on LinkedIn and thought, what were they thinking? Oh, I you know. know. Like it either looks like they took it from their phone in a dark room or it looks inappropriate in some way. And they're like, you know, cheersing with a glass of wine or they're wearing <laughs> something that's super low cut. Like it's just like what? We've seen it on social media in for college students that people are losing jobs because of what their social networks say about their credibility. Yeah, I would say that that would be my number one thing. I think when you're trying to be credible is manage that digital presence. I think I work with a lot of senior executives, former sales leaders, and uh, they all have great LinkedIn profiles now, but... <laughs> Before, right now they do right. help them. Yes, but before you, know, I would stand up in front of them, um, speaking with uh, clarity and confidence, so I would seem credible, of course. <laughs> but <laughs> I would say, like, people are searching for you. What do you want them to see? Do you want well, them to see that Blake icon? Like, manage that message. You owe it to your own professional brand. Yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said it's the first thing we check out. So if you hear an or about an organization and you're like, oh, who's behind that, right? We all want the stories. We want the stories of the people who are driving these things. And so a lot of times we check social for information about the person. And that goes beyond a picture. That includes like bio. You know, it's not just on the website where you need to have a button up bio, but it's on social descriptions too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that um, there's a lot of things you can do with those descriptions, with bios digitally that really help give a nod to credibility that your competitors or other people might be ignoring that might might give you the edge. I think um, you mentioned the bio on social. I think putting bio pictures on your website with content 
can add some credibility and add some authenticity into your message. I was just on Clary's website. Clary is a software platform that helps sales organizations forecast revenue better. It's a great platform. The people that work there are awesome. If you go to their bio page on their website, they have all these buttoned up pictures of everybody on their team and everybody looks great. And then as you hover over them, it's they're either drinking a beer or they're holding a football or they're holding mm-hmm. a soccer ball or they're like doing something that they love to do. So you kind of shows get, their personality. Exactly. You kind of get both sides of that. And then at the same time, you have contact information for the people. So I actually can't remember if Clary has this, but on a lot of websites, you'll see it's like director of XYZ and it says connect with her on LinkedIn follow her on Twitter. Hey, and here's our email address. I mean, just adding that contact information to the bio makes you seem like you're ready to talk. It makes you seem open. You're willing to have a dialogue. You're more approachable and actually it gives you credibility. Like if I have confidence and conviction about what I do for a living and I'm going to want to talk to people about it, I'm not going to want to hide behind some you know, 17 PR people. Now at the same time, if I'm a big CEO and, and, um, of some major company. I understand why, why you're not going to put your email out there, but <laughs> there right. is value in making yourself accessible to the people who want to do business with you and the people who want to share or learn from your expertise, so to speak. Well, and I think you hit on another component, which is the authenticity factor that that can bring to you. You know, you've said before, right here on this podcast, people do business with people they trust. And one way people trust you is if they feel like you are authentic. So, you know, carrying it through that bio with this authentic personality and, um, you, you know, kind of kind of transition then, if you are somebody who is authentic as you continue to move through this process... Um, nobody trusts somebody who's, who feels like you're trying to manipulate them or feels like, yeah, to practice, to rehearse your slick, you know, it's that, it's that stereotypical, don't be a car salesman. You can't be always selling something. Mm -hmm. You really have to give consistently and build value over time. And that's another part of that authenticity piece. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think, you know, I don't want to get political here, but I think, I had a, a professor in graduate school, Dr. Alan Loudon, who wrote a great um, journal article on authenticity and political candidates. He's actually researched this topic. And uh, not that I want to turn this into a political podcast, but I think that politics is often the persona of the person that's running or the person that is there. So that's often a great example for this idea that we're talking about. So if you think about um, Mitt Romney, for example, as a candidate, when he was running for office against Barack Obama, he was very rehearsed and very buttoned up. And a lot of candidates are, right? And so they struggle to, to be loose, so to speak, right? But you don't want them too loose. <laughs> but he, he, was, he was very, very buttoned up and got a lot of criticism for it, even though he might have been um, just, as, just as experienced and ready to do the job. That lack of authenticity, I think, really hurt him. I mean, there's articles where they where they research that. At the same time, there's a documentary out, and I think you can you used to be able to watch it at HBO. I don't know if it's on Netflix, but it follows him through the campaign when he lost. And I remember, um, you know, all I knew, obviously, I'm not friends with Mitt Romney, like we're not hanging out, uh, but I would just see what I would see like in the media, right? Like everybody else. And then, then right. I, watched, I watched this documentary and I thought, 
oh my God, this guy's like hanging out. He seems really cool. And I'm like, that never came across in any debate, any press conference or anything. But there was that authenticity, I think, that was missing that made people connect with you. And we're not running for political office here, but I think the takeaway is how can you pull back the curtain and be authentic? Like, show people who you are because that brings credibility because it builds it builds trust in what you're saying. And you know, I think that has been a within the last 5 maybe a little longer than that years um transition because I think there was a point when polished indicated credibility. But if you look yes, at how YouTube and Facebook Live and it's not polished videos. It, it is pulling back the curtain. It is showing people there's, there's more of a um, desire now and more of an association that, that those types of moments, those let down your guard moments, make you more authentic. And I think that is kind of new in recent years. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. I mean, even think about um, our own background in video production. I mean, even in my time working in a, in a B2B consulting firm now, when I first started, I was like, oh, we need to pay like thousands of dollars to get this crew. And now I'm like, hey, here's my iPhone. It's on a tripod. Let's roll, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I remember watching, I think it was um, Ariana Huffington and Gary V do a Facebook Live or something, or maybe it was Sheryl Sandberg. And I was like, procrastinating from work. Don't tell anybody. I think I was on Facebook or something. And I pulled it up and I was like, they're just sitting at a conference table with okay lighting. And they're obviously recording this on a phone or an iPad or something. And it's fine. Like, I'm still interested in what they have to say. I'm like, why am I, you know, producing this? Like it's the Oscars. I don't, I don't right. know. <laughs> and there are still times for that. There, there is an appropriateness yes. and a time for that, but it doesn't have to be all the time. Yeah. And so I think that authenticity you know, over time builds that credibility. Now, I still think uh, one element to credibility, which hasn't changed, is you need to promote your achievements. Mm -hmm. And that's hard, I think, for people to do sometimes because, again, okay, you just told me I shouldn't feel salesy and I, and I shouldn't sound, but people don't know what they don't know. So in an authentic way, here and there, a bio is a great place to put it. You need to promote those achievements that show, again, that you're not just somebody on YouTube or online in the digital space saying, making whatever claim you want without anything to back it up, that you do have the experience. And nobody's going to check out your resume, so you've got to include some of those best achievements in the, as you, you know, in the right way. Right, in the places that matter, in the places where people are going to see it, and it's it's Yes. Directly tied to your credibility. It's a good lesson. I mentioned um, my professor, Dr. Loudon, but I think from academia, if anybody has worked with a professor or tried to hire a, a professor to come speak, they send you the CV, the curriculum vita mm -hmm. or vita vitae curriculum CV. Let's just go right. with that. <laughs> and yeah, it's like good. five pages long, 10 pages long. It, it contains every single piece that they've ever been published in any place that they gave a quote. And because that's what important in academia, like people want to see every single place because that lends credibility. So mm -hmm. we can kind of borrow from that. I think the other thing, you know, you talk about promoting yourself, uh, at the same time, don't underestimate the power of other people promoting you third party testimonials. 
I think my, I think it's safe to say the company that I work for has built their business on proof points of people saying, backing up that they can do what they say they can do. It's yeah. so critically important. And I think that so many people underestimate that when you work from somebody and if you're in a side hustle or anything that you do, if you are, have customers or clients and they're happy, quickly ask them, Hey, would you mind endorsing on LinkedIn? I would love to grab a quick quote from you for our website. They're happy to do it. Yeah. I, that just actually happened to me today. So, uh, just put together a content workshop and one of the speakers from that said, Hey, would you mind writing me a recommendation on LinkedIn? I didn't give it a second thought. I said, absolutely. Let me do that real quick. It took no time. And then I thought, well, why don't I do that? And I sent somebody off that I had never asked before that I had thought about it. And I asked them if they would give me a recommendation. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things that maybe you don't think about, but maybe we should think about it more because it certainly does add to credibility. Yeah. And I think this happened uh, just in the last week where somebody sent a really great email and all I responded and I just said, Hey, can I use that quote for our marketing materials? And they're like, sure. I don't care. I already wrote it. You know? Well, you know what? I think it goes to this idea that the more people, okay, let's say you look at yourself as an expert, the more people who look at you that way, the better. So the more people that see you in that light, collectively more people are going to start thinking of you that way. So when you have these third party endorsements and you use your network, that is, you know, your, your audience is going to build. Yes. We always say people want to do business with people they trust. People want to interact with people they trust. And especially if you're coming in uh, cold, so to speak, if, if they don't know you, one way they can mitigate the risk of doing business with you is to look at your reviews and your recommendations. Yeah, I mean, for sure. If, if you hire a plumber, you're like on Yelp or their Facebook looking at the reviews and seeing what they say, or you post on next door to get the reviews of your neighbors, right? So the more that you can build that up, they'll work for you, right? You don't want to just Absolutely. wake up one. Yeah. A customer's like, oh, do you have any recommendations or any you know, people references and you're like, Oh, quick, let me grab some. I mean, use that as part of your rhythm. Like once a week, reach out to somebody to give you a reference or recommendation or make it part of your, of your follow-up because over time, think about the credibility that that builds. Well, and you can take that a step further, not with every relationship or every recommendation, would you want to do this? But if you find those people that you can partner with further, then you can begin to promote the people in conjunction with your brand and then you are their people become interested in you exactly exactly uh what is that extending the reach of your network it's a network of the networks yes so allison hosted a great event uh the other day 100 ways to get attention it was a great event where everybody was really thinking about ways to get attention we didn't really talk about credibility specifically but if you think about all the different types of people in the room. There was a hairstylist, a furniture maker, somebody who worked in marketing for an engineering firm. It was a wide range of people. But this idea of endorsements and getting people to say that, that you do a good job, that's consistent no matter gonna, what, what you're I'm going to write that down, Rachel. I'm going to use that in the next workshop. That's actually exactly your, because you're right. That is, oh. that is a great way to get attention. Yes, absolutely. There we go. 101 ways. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> 
the other tip I wanted to bring up, bring up with credibility, and I think this applies for people who have well-known brands, uh, but maybe not well-known people within the brand. So maybe people know know your brand XYZ Car Care Center, but they don't know the guy working the front desk necessarily. So, and I'll use my um, job as an example. I work for a sales consulting firm. Many people know the brand of the sales consulting firm, but they don't know all the great people that work with it. So a couple of years ago, we tried to build up, we took on a social initiative where we were going to build up the individual brands of all the people that work there through social, getting them posting on LinkedIn, getting them engaging on Twitter, uh, with the people that buy our services. And so what has happened is we have built these networks and they were, you know, we were helped enable it, but they were building their own networks individually. And so now every, there's a group of people at my company that are super comfortable on digital and they have incredible networks. I mean, you go to their LinkedIn networks, you're like, this is a who's who of the high tech sales space. And we have moved towards not always promoting the brand of the company, but also promoting the individuals that work with us because they have powerful networks. So we are able to tap in to the networks of the people that work with us. So I think the way to build credibility is not always to promote your brand, but to promote the people associated with your brand. Sometimes, you know, people are, are the best mouthpieces, the best spokespeople, the best advocates for your business. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think the bottom line in all this is that credibility creates opportunity. And that is why in the scheme of things, credibility is so important. That is a great bottom line, Allison. Well, then we can just say the podcast is over, Rachel. I know. Did, did you write that down in advance or did that? I did it. It just actually came to me. Wow. That is, that's great. That makes you super credible. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. When you subscribe, when we post one, it automatically downloads. So you don't have to worry about staying on top of our social feeds. Absolutely. Glad you joined us.